Hey everybody, Melanie Atkinson, Realtor with Smith & Associates here in beautiful Tampa Bay, Florida. And recently I had an interesting conversation with a lender friend of mine about mortgage interest rate misconceptions and refinancing. Take a listen. Hey David, so this is David Donaldson. Uh, he is a lender with Van Dyke Mortgage here in Tampa Bay, Florida. And we are going to chat with him today about um, what's going on currently, about refinancing, about interest rates and everything else. So how are you doing today, David? I'm doing great. Uh, managing like everybody else is staying home, trying to yeah. trying to, to, to stay safe and, and healthy. Yes, I can see you're at your house right now. So matching greens there. <laughs> um, okay, so let's give everybody a quick update of what's been going on with the mortgage lending market in the last week, because it's been a bit of a roller coaster, hasn't it? It's been a little bit of a roller coaster for uh, the last month. The, the great news is, is that we have hit all time new lows on interest rates, and people are taking advantage of that through refinancing. We have probably three times as much business as we normally do because of that. Um, we have seen rates bounce up and then back down because the government is doing uh, different things that are causing a reaction to the interest rates. Uh, a month ago, I think we we're probably around 4% 4, 4 on a 30-year fixed rate. Uh, this health crisis started. Uh, a lot of people were getting out of the stock market and buying mortgage-backed securities, creating a demand, and rates went to 3.125. Uh, then the government came out with some stimulus, creating a need to uh, get more debt out there in the marketplace without enough buyers. So all of a sudden, rates went up above 4%. And that was last week. Uh, this week, the uh, Federal Reserve came out and said they're going to buy $50 billion, with a B, dollars worth of mortgage-backed securities every day this week. That's a quarter wow. of a trillion dollars. It's huge. It's massive. So Friday, we were at 4.125, and today we're at 3.375, headed to three and a quarter, which normally we have, I mean, it takes a whole week to move the interest rate an eighth of a percent. So having it go from you know here to here and back, is not normal by by any means but the benefit right. for anybody who's watching you know if they own a home i mean it's a fantastic opportunity to uh look into refinancing uh, or potentially investing in real estate because the rates are so low uh, right. Your, your buying power is more and we can discuss that too. But Yeah, I definitely want to discuss buying power. So let's talk about refinancing since that seems to be uh, the, the hot thing right now. What are your general rules for refinancing? If someone locked in, say, you know, back in 2018, when rates were in that those mid four upper four ranges and we thought things were going to be going up from there, how much lower should the rate be for them to consider refinancing? It depends on the, the loan amount. Uh, there's a cost to refinance, and some of those costs are fixed. Uh, lender fees, title closing fee, the appraisal fee. It doesn't matter whether the loan amount's 100000 or 400000 Those things are fixed. So when you're saving a full 1% spread on 100000 the first year you'll save $1,000 in interest. Okay. But a 1% spread on a $400,000 loan, you're going to save $4,000. Okay. So someone who is at 4% on a $400,000 loan can refinance to three and a half and it makes perfect sense 
somebody on a hundred thousand dollar loan, you know, it may not. Okay. Um, everybody's situation is just unique. They really, they, they need to talk to a mortgage professional to see what the benefits are. We have people that we are refinancing out of PMI insurance because values have increased from where they bought the house three years ago. And that right there could save 80, $125 a month or more, as well as an interest rate that goes down a quarter percent, uh, you know, or right. half a percent. Um, I, I, you know, it, there's, there's a simple calculation of I'm going to save this much interest each year. And then there's a cost where those two lines cross, say it's two years down the road or three years down the road. If you know you're going to be in the house for the next five years, great. If it's going to take four years to recoup that money and you know, we deal with a lot of military personnel you know, right. here. And, and, and so they move about every five years. They've been in the house for two years. They're not, they're probably not going to be in the house for five years. Then no, you don't need to, to refinance. So right. um, anybody who purchased a home in 2018 or 19 should be calling a lender to refinance because it probably makes sense because okay. of where, where rates were, you know, back at that time. Yeah, I remember. And we thought they were great then and they were great then from a historical perspective. So sure. this is just such a strange uh, time right now. So, um, okay. So we've talked about refinancing a little bit. So let's talk about people buying new. So you have a couple of my clients um, currently in the process of getting a loan. Uh, one of them is new construction and uh, you have advised him not to lock in right now um, because more because rates are all over the place. So explain to me how you advise people on when, they're sh when they should lock in when they're currently buying a house. So the lock-in periods can range from 15 days up to six months. Typically, you get the best interest rate for a 60-day lock-in period or less. Um, 60 days or less. Okay. Yeah. So like a, a, a today, a 30-day lock-in may be 3.375. A 60-day lock-in is 3.5. You go to a six-month lock-in, it might be 3.75, and you have to pay a one-point origination fee. Okay. So the longer... Uh, the time frame is, you know, the, the higher the rate. So we expect that rates are going to remain low for the next several months. We might have some daily or weekly volatility within that, but we can catch it at a, at a good time appropriately. And that gets us closer to the closing date. Now, if we have people that are closing within 60 days, we're trying to lock them in right now. Um, People that were refinancing, we weren't talking to for about 10 days because rates went up. And right. yesterday we were on the phone all day with them explaining what was going on, where we were at, and, and agreeing to, to get the rate locked in. You know, at this point, same thing with buyers. I mean, we've had rates fall three quarters of a percent in two days. It's a good time to lock in. Uh, right. So, yeah, yeah. So but we it, aren't it, expecting rates to be zero. I think people hear the news and they see that, um, you know, the government has, has lowered the interest rate to zero, but that's not the same for mortgages. Explain why that's not the same for mortgages. So what the Fed did was lower the prime rate. It was commonly called the prime rate. And that is the rate that banks pay the Fed or each other to borrow money overnight to create liquidity. Those rates are overnight rates, not 30-year fixed rates. Uh, they are tied to credit cards, 
car loans, home equity lines. So a home equity line was 4.75 month and a half ago. That was the prime rate. And the Fed has lowered the prime rate by one and three quarter percent, which is that bank rate at zero. But that's not what we pay because we're not the banks, we're the consumers. But that rate has come down to three and a quarter. So if you have a home equity line, you're paying one and a quarter percent less this month than you were last month in interest. So there's a benefit there, which is why the, the Fed did that. Right. But yeah. home interest rates will never be, mortgage rates will never be zero. Yeah. No, <laughs> that would be uh, uh, crazy for the real estate market if it was. It would be wonderful if it was. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 mortgage rates are set by markets that have investors who are willing to purchase something and get a return. You can go put your money in the stock market, which has a much higher risk tied to it, but may give you a higher return. Or you can put it in U.S. Treasuries. The ten-year Treasury is paying somewhere between. 0.75 and 1.25, depending on what's going on in the market. So, you know, if you've got a hundred thousand dollars, you'll, you know, get a thousand and twenty-five back, thousand two fifty back over ten years. Now you can go put it into a thirty-year mortgage-backed security at three and a half percent. So there still has to be an appetite for investors to buy this stuff. It's not just I get a home loan and it goes in a drawer somewhere. It, the markets work with people purchasing these assets that are created. So um, they'll never go to zero. And at some well, point- Well, no one would buy them if they were zero. Well, and at some point you have, well, when the rates first fell and they got to 3% for a day, then they went to 3.125 and then they kind of bounced up to 3.375, like within two days. And it was because the investors are out there and they just like, stop. I, I don't want to buy 3% at 30 years. I'll wait a few weeks or whatever to, to give you my $100 million or $500 million or whatever it may, may be. So um, when they were down at 3.125, that is the lowest they have ever been. And I don't think we're going back there, but, you know, three and a quarter, 3.3, three and a half. I mean, those are great, great. Interest rate. Those are amazing interest rates uh, for a 30 year loan. Uh, So when you say that the government is buying $50 billion worth of mortgage backed um, securities um, per day, what does that do? Does that help keep the interest rates low? It, It does. It created an artificial demand for the product. Um, and it's just like, well, similar to when you're selling a house, if all of a sudden you've got four people interested in the house and they're all trying to put a contract offer on it, the price is probably going to go up or the terms are going to be better. Something's going to happen. Same thing with mortgage backed securities. If you have nobody out there interested in buying them, rates are going to go up. You create $50 billion of interest on a daily basis. The rates are going to come down because you don't need to have that return requirement. And I think, I think the, they did this to provide some stability because you can't go from four and an eighth to three and an eighth to four and a quarter. You know, we just need to get into a range. And so this artificial stimulus should create some stability in the interest rate mar- market. Um, there's too much stuff going on for you to say that they're definitely going to be there. I'm just saying that's what they intend to do, but right. who knows what tomorrow will bring. 
Right. So none of us know what tomorrow will bring. Hopefully the interest rates will stay low and and more stable. So um, buyers that are coming into the market know what they're going to get and aren't worried about locking in thinking that it's going to go down another three quarters of a point tomorrow. So so at this point, we're assuming that it's going to be stable in in threes somewhere. Correct. Correct. I would for a while. For, yeah, for the foreseeable future, I think that if you use three and a half to four percent as a as a benchmark, you know, we're we're good. Um, back in 2018, we were closing loans at four and three quarters. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can remember uh, refinancing people from eight and a half percent to six and a half, and they were thrilled because the rate went down by two and a half percent. And a year later, I'm calling them because they're at five and a quarter. And then mm -hmm. a year later, I'm calling them because. <laughs> They're at like 3.75. They're like, you can't do this. I'm like, the math makes sense to do it. I can't predict where interest rates are going to go. Right. Here they are. We need to take advantage of it. But And that being said, rates are at that low level, whatever range you want to put on it right now. It's an excellent time to buy a house and you should be looking at your personal financial situation and taking the time and effort. And there is some effort to refinance you know, your, your house because right. these, these rates are historically low again. So let's talk about buying. Obviously, we were going into the spring summer buying season, which here in the Tampa Bay area is our very, very busy time. Um, so if people have to move or um, they they want to move during this time, even though there's a bit of uncertainty at this particular moment, um, what are we looking at as far as closing loans? Are loans taking a little bit longer because everyone's working from home and things like that? What should people expect for the loan process right now? Well, I can speak to what Van Dyke is doing. And okay. we, we are set up to where other than essential executives, everybody's working at home and it's business as usual. We are operating as usual. You can Go to my website, complete an application. You'll get an email directing you to the secure portal where you can upload documents. We can communicate through phone, text, e you know, emails. Uh, underwriters are all logging in and getting the, the information and reviewing it, approving the appraisals come in. So from a functionality standpoint, nothing has changed other than you're sitting in a different chair. Right. Um, and I'm liking sitting at home. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's a lot more comfortable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, from uh, the process standpoint, we are seeing a little bit of a slowdown with appraisals mm -hmm. because people have are refinancing. You just can't quadruple business and still have the same number of skilled people who do these reports to give us what the value is and not expect a slowdown. So what used to take seven, eight days is we're anticipating 15 days. Um, and, and so that's really the only hiccup there where we used to close loans 30 days, no problem. Maybe we should be giving it an extra 10 days just because of the just to be situation sure. that's out there. Um, are you seeing any change with the need for appraisals um, from uh the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans, um, are they doing some no appraisal refis? On refinances, we sometimes do get an appraisal waiver. Usually it's because uh, there was an appraisal done within the last two or three years. And so whatever algorithm they put in there that makes them comfortable that they don't need another report. Certainly over the last three years, we've seen an appreciation in real estate. And so they're not worried about the value 
being less. Right. So if someone bought in 2018, that was two years ago. And, uh, you know, yeah. it, in general, if they can do a drive-by and see that the house is still standing, um, yeah. we can assume that that the house value has gone up during that time because just in general, house values have gone up during that time. So those might be the cases yeah. where you would have an appraisal waiver. Correct. Correct. Okay. Well, that's that's important. Hopefully they do as many of those as possible to keep everything moving correctly for the home purchasers. Now, do you personally prioritize the people that are purchasing over people that are refinancing? Yeah, we are locking in people to refinance for 45 to 60 days. And and the quicker that they can get the documents to the lender really depends on that. I locked somebody yesterday for 45 days because he's Johnny on the spot. And I have it in an hour. Right. Uh, somebody else with 60 days because he's very busy, busy running his business and we'll get to it tonight, depending on how tired he is when he gets home and right. all, all that type of stuff. Uh, but we're running two lanes. We have a purchase lane and those are always going to take priority because there's a contract involved, deposits that are, are there, um, people getting moving trucks. We are going to meet that closing date. And, and so they're always going to take a priority. And then refinances are running alongside those just simply in a different in a different lane so different. as a company um you cannot lock a, a refinance in for 30 days uh it's 45 or 60 take your choice depending on you know how your client is okay um so let's talk a little bit about um just in general what we're seeing now versus what we saw in 2008 um i think a lot of people are very nervous uncertainty always brings about uh a, you know, a lot of nervousness from consumers of, of all products. Um, so the difference between 2008 today and today, we, we obviously understand that 2008 was a different set of circumstances. And today we are dealing with a health crisis that has an unknown economic effect at this point. Um, so just give me your thoughts on all of that. Well, I think you pretty much summed it up, uh, you know, in, in simple terms. I mean, I was there for the 2008-2009 uh, situation, and it was like somebody turned a faucet off from the lending side of things, and countrywide, um, mm -hmm. one of the largest banks and mortgage lenders in the country, I think they were the third largest bank. If you would have asked me two months prior to that in a casual conversation, do you think there's any way Countrywide could file bankruptcy? I'd be like, absolutely not. There's absolutely no way. Well, Countrywide was doing uh, a lot of non-documentation type loans, crazy mortgages, uh, I mean, negative amortization type loans. And they were selling that paper again to somebody who wanted to buy that debt. Investors who didn't want the three and a half percent rate, they're getting five and a half, six percent on this paper that had things like we don't ask you if you have a job. We don't care. We yeah, it was crazy. As illustrated in one of my favorite movies, The Big Short. Yeah, it's exactly, <laughs> it's exactly you know what it was. So um, all of a sudden, the investors realized that they were not buying quality paper and decided to stop. Well, Countrywide had already funded billions of dollars worth of stuff. They borrowed money to fund that. Now they can't sell the product and they can't pay back the loans. And, and just like that, they went bankrupt, which right. started the, the, the whole thing. So it was, a, it was a housing crisis, too much available money, and it just kind of steamrolled into things. You know, right now, if you, if you take the health crisis 
out of the situation. And where were we a month ago? Corporate earnings were at, at record levels. Unemployment was at an all-time low. Wage growth was happening. People were getting raises, making, making money. Um, the stock market was, you know, at, at, at all times highs. For the month of February, real estate, the existing home sales and new construction starts were at a 13-year high. Everything yeah, and our inventory good. was like at historical lows, um, which right. then indicates that the prices would have continued to go up because we didn't have enough inventory so, right. to even right. sell. So, you know, supply and demand. Um, yes. I, I mean, personally, uh, January and February were fantastic months. It's like the the year started off just gangbusters. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was an immediate stop. I personally um, have still had a lot of clients reach out. They don't seem deterred from moving down here. Um, one, they might have to be moving down here. They either have a spouse that's already here and they need to get down during the summer before next year's school starts. Um or they have just been planning on this move forever. So I don't see a lot of clients of mine at this point, and obviously we're just a couple of weeks into all of this, that are saying, you know what, I can't move anymore. So I think, you know, the economic part of it will will unfold as time goes on. Um, but hopefully by keeping the interest rates lower and allowing people to hopefully save some money by refinancing. Oh, that's one question I had about refinancing. The costs that you were talking about regarding refinancing, can those be put back into the loan? They can. You, you have to look at the loan to value to make sure that, as an example, if right now you don't have PMI insurance, you don't roll those costs in, you go above 80% loan to value, now you have yeah. PMI insurance. So, right. Uh, but I have not had one where we're not rolling in those those costs in the loan. Um, okay. So it's think, not like people are coming out of pocket to do it. It's a good way to save money if you haven't thought about the possibility of refinancing in your, you are in that 4% range, talk to your lender or call you um, to get some more information on whether refinancing is right for you because you're not necessarily going out of pocket for a lot, correct? That's correct. I mean, you can basically show up at the closing table, uh, bring a $200 or maybe you get a check for $200. We try to target it as close as we can. And, and that's about the spread of, of where we usually, you know, hit on it. And I'm happy to talk to anybody, you know, about uh, refinancing. I, I only do loans in Florida, so I, I can't help somebody that's that's out of state. But anybody who's in Florida, I would, you know, love to be able to, to, okay. to talk to them. And I think, you know, with the people that are are moving or contemplating moving, um, you know, the buying power for a purchase transaction has changed to where if you were in the $200,000 price range, you can buy for 225 and it's the same monthly payment. If you're at 400, you could go to 440, which opens up more markets. You know, I 375 to 400, I can't go above 400. I can't afford more than 400. Well, we can't find something for 400. Well, we can find something for 435 or something like that. So right. I think it's it's creating, you know, a, a different uh, a price point, which is opening up more more options. Yeah, I wanted to talk about buying power. So let's let's uh, deconstruct that a little bit more um, so people understand exactly what you're saying there, because that's a really important point. Um, a lot of people, a lot of my clients, talk to me in a monthly cost 
way. So they say, I want to stay under $2,500 a month. So from there, we kind of work backwards and we look at, you know, the potential of taxes and HOA costs, and then what you can afford for your principal and interest portion of it, which typically is the biggest portion of your monthly payment. So what you're saying by the interest rates being where they're at right now is that portion, the principal and interest portion can be larger because the interest is so much lower. So what you might've been able to afford last month when it was, or, you know, a couple of weeks ago when it was in the fours or four, you can now afford more principal and interest. Correct. So that increases thinking, your buying power. I was just using my phone for a calculator because I wanted yes, please. to do it. So on a $400,000 house, um, because the interest rates lower, the payment uh, very well may come in, you know, $325 less, allowing you to borrow, you know, $50,000 more and go up in price because insurance is a little bit more and taxes are a little bit more mm -hmm. with that to where you're at the same $2,500 payment. So, right. uh, you know, that's, yeah, you got the house that you really wanted. Yeah. Or you got more house, you yeah, know, yeah, that you absolutely. can grow into. Are, are you going to stick with the same, the same price range? And now you're several hundred dollars less on a monthly budget. And, and that's not bad either. Exactly. No, all those, all of those scenarios are perfect for people. And I know, cause you and I do a lot of loans together that, that thinking of it from a monthly budget perspective and then working backwards is, is really my favorite way to talk to people mm -hmm. about loans. And I know you do the same thing with everybody to help them understand all the components of their monthly payment and what they're going to be able to afford in different neighborhoods. In the state of Florida, we have a lot of different fees associated um, with certain neighborhoods, CDD fees and things like that, that are all part of the taxes, HOA costs and everything like that. So you, I know in particular, do a very good job of, of going over all of that in um, whenever they find a house or a neighborhood that they really like. So um, just wanted to to tell all of you guys that he's very good at explaining all of that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> You're welcome. The, uh, it is uh, definitely, you could go from one subdivision a couple miles down the road to another and the taxes in one subdivision because of a CDD fee, maybe a couple hundred dollars more a month than the one you know further down the road. So you have to you know, manage that into to the budget. And, and certainly there may be benefits from, you know, parks within the community and right. tennis courts and stuff. So you you figure that out with them, but we can definitely work I out. I figure that out. You figure out the other part. <laughs> yeah. Together we get it done. Um, okay. So do you have any final thoughts regarding, um, I know anything that we put out there now could very well change tomorrow. So I don't need any predictions or, or anything like that, but Overall, I know you're super busy because the refinancing market's doing good and people are still buying houses down here in Tampa, um, even with all of this going on. But do you have any thoughts, any encouraging words or anything like that for everyone out there listening that may be a little bit nervous? Yeah, um, you know, there was uh, we've got a lot of different experts that we rely on that feed us information. And um we have gone through financial crises before. We have seen dips in the stock market before. It's a natural thing for us to go into a recession, typically every five or seven years. And it's the people hear recession, they're like, oh my gosh, the world's ending. It's not ending. It's an economic thing where there's two months of gross domestic product that shrinks, it contracts, and now you're in a recession. By the time you recognize you were in a recession, you're on your way out of a, a recession. Um, and the stock market 
recovers. How quickly? I, you know, we don't know that, but it, it's going to, you know, recover if you're, you know, if you have 10 plus years to retirement, don't worry about it. It'll, it'll, it'll recover. Right. And, you know, people always need housing. That's one of the things that, um, that doesn't go away. Shelter is a, is a basic need. Um, so, you know, that's, that's one thing that's encouraging for people. I think, you know, everyone's getting very nervous about it being another 2008, um, but 2008 was very much an anomaly in, in terms of how real estate is affected by recessions. So from the 2008-9 situation, uh, there was governmental legislation that came out dictating how things are done. Your no income, no job, no problem loans are no longer out there. Anybody who has bought a house in the last 10 years qualified to buy that house. They had a job, they had money, they put money down, they had good credit. Um, and that in itself is going to stabilize, you know, things. Now, certainly some people are unfortunately going to lose their job because of restaurant or, or whatever. So they may have some struggles. The government right now is talking about helping those folks to, 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 to relieve them. But the housing market and the people who live there are bought a second home or bought a house to rent. Uh, are very strong people. And those situations haven't changed. They're just working from home. Right. A lot. Yes. A lot of people are still working, just working from home. So, um, okay. Well, um, this has been very informative. Thank yeah. you, Dave. It's nice to see your face since nice it's been a couple you. days. Yeah, uh, nice to see you too. Everybody stay, stay safe. Yes. So if anybody wants information on how to contact David, um, we will have all that information in the about section um, of this video. Um, thank you guys so much for joining me. And I look forward to next time with love, Melanie. Have a great day.